Yo, what is up, potty people? Welcome back to the Apex Arena podcast, where the only currency that we ask for is your time. So my name is Jordan, and I'm joined by my co-host here today, Kusti. So uh, how's your week been going, dude? Yeah, good, man. Playing loads of, loads of arena. Tried some, uh, tried some ranked and then just went straight back to arena. Yes, it seems to be the gist. I'm, I, you're not the only one that seems to be saying this, though. I've noticed like a lot of the big streamers, a lot of people that kind of like dismissed the arena somewhat to begin with, are starting to now say how much they're enjoying it and how much they'd actually rather be playing that than ranked. Because in ranked, they're just noticing that everything's a W key fest. Everybody's just third partying constantly. There's no way to get yourself situated to kind of have your team in a stable situation in the game. So I don't think you're alone on that, to be honest. Yeah, and it's, it's really funny that they say that it's that's that's what's a W key fest when actually I was w- really worried that um, that's what Arena would be. Just two teams running <laughs> yeah. at each other, having a fight, one of them comes out on top. Yeah. Whereas actually it seems to have, be a lot more tactical. <laughs> I think that was my big concern as well. Well, one of my big concerns is that I thought because obviously supplies were going to be such a big thing and they made a big deal of that, or at least a lot of the YouTubers that were putting content out were saying how these supplies would kind of dictate the games. And to, an, to a degree they do because you see people constantly going for them. But then I don't seem to see two teams wiping each other instantaneously after that happens, you know? So that's pretty good. But yeah, generally speaking, have you been up to much kind of like outside of the world of Apex? Give me a give me a bit of insight. How's life? Yeah, well, it's been, I do a lot of climbing. So yeah, um, I climb on my home wall and climb in the gyms that have just opened after lockdown, which is really nice. Yep, healthy so body, my first session mind. back in the gym. Yeah. Oh, good, good. About, yeah. How about yourself? <laughs> well, yeah. Very health related, but probably the other end of the spectrum. So um, I basically spent my whole week either in work, um, which is kind of pretty normal for most people. But then the other aspect of it is me going in and out of hospital with different monitors and heart rate things um, <laughs> because I pass out when I work out. So, so I might be pushing myself a little bit too hard. But otherwise, that's given me plenty of time to rest, plenty of time to jump in the arenas, play some games of Apex and, you know, just hang out pretty much, which is good. Which is always good. Oh, I think you've frozen. Oh, no, it's just Discord. You're back. It's just <laughs> Discord doing Discord things. Yeah, that, yep. that's the nature of the internet. Um, but yeah, good. Glad everything's good. So I'm just going to say, uh, before we jump into all of our topics, so I've got my five topics listed up at the top. Uh, f- so we'll go from the first, obviously, through to the fifth. Uh, but before that, I just want to say that, obviously, this you will be seeing on YouTube. So for anyone that are currently watching the YouTube podcast, if you would like to, if you'd prefer to hear this in audio form, um, you can listen to it on Spotify and I'll have the link down in the description below in my kind of little show more bit. So if you want to click that and take a look, feel free and vice versa. If you're listening on podcast and you would actually like to see some people uh, and real life proof that we exist, uh, you can check us out on uh, my YouTube channel, which is at Jordan Saisal. So uh, that's also going to be in the description. So if you look at the episode description for this uh, Spotify podcast, you'll be able to see all the links there. So feel free to check them out. Uh, So yeah, cool. So the first topic that we're going to discuss today is Lulu's or Lulu Lovely, who is a big content creator for Apex. Uh, She's on YouTube as well. Feel free to check her out. She threw, uh, she didn't throw down. She she threw down, man. That is not a TikTok thing. No, she decided to host uh, an Apex event called Lulu's Throwdown, which was essentially two days um, whereby for the first day they would play arenas for four hours and every win that you got during those four hours would, uh, would tally up a point. So 
to basically get points, you'd have to win games within those four-hour tip time period. And the second day, they did BR. Uh, and both were 50k splits. So 50k first day, uh, $50,000, that is, and $50,000 second day. Uh, so obviously, uh, I'm assuming, did you get the chance to take a look at it? Did you watch it at all? Yeah, for sure. It was uh, really nice to see, I suppose, the first competitive ex real competitive experience in arenas there's been yeah. um the first time we've seen pros coming together and content creators coming together and competing sometimes i mean directly against each other and not um, to forget they also had a uh, female content creators that was one of the specifications uh, by lulu herself she wanted to make sure that it was very it was diverse so you had like you say pro player streamer and female content creator as well which is super awesome to be honest i mean that's yeah that's one of the best things about apex is they're really the community is really really um yeah really inclusive and i love that see a broad range of people i was gonna say a lot of games like you you see a lot of competitive games and it's male dominated isn't it which in itself kind of sucks because you would like to see a lot more diversification whereas you look at games like uh, overwatch and apex and it's nice to see such a wide variety of people be able to enjoy games together and actually showcase their skill without it being reflective of their their gender or you know who they are kind of as a, as a person which is great uh so yeah let me give a little bit more of a breakdown of how this works uh so the prize pool obviously like i said was 50k per day so for the first day, they just did arenas for those four hours. Uh, and first prize team would get 12k, second prize team would get 8k, third 4.5, fourth 1.5, and from fifth team to the 20th team, they would get 1.5k dollars just, just for competing. So they're getting money just to be there, just for being present, which is, again, in itself, encourages more people to play these modes, to engage with these tournaments, and just to get involved. So, um, yeah, we've got so much to talk about in this in this tournament because it because it was the first competitive experience. It got you yeah. to see some sort of meta um, being established. It got you to see when it comes when it comes to guns, what they used, what heroes, the um, what heroes, legends they used. <laughs> it's so easy uh, when you come from an Overwatch yeah, background. Yeah, yeah. The switch over, you like uh, heroes, legends, blah, blah, blah. and yeah, what, what sort of tactics they used to win in arena. So it's not only good for the just the general players of the game yeah because of what you can pick up but it's also really interesting to see what someone who's got really good gun skill or really good tactical um ability what 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 they do in the game and what, what you can sort of carry over i was gonna say it's gonna be interesting to see how that carries over or translates to the the general casual player you base you know for people that watch these streamers because if you'd have seen the the kind of on Twitch, you have obviously all the different streamers for Apex. If you went through that list, literally everyone in their title would have Lulu Lovely's Throwdown uh, tournament. So obviously yeah. people will be tuning into their favorite Apex streamers and they're going to see all these different metas and that's going to that's going to encourage them to use those legends. And we'll talk about it in a minute and there'll be like certain legends that people would not perhaps conventionally use. So before we actually talk about the meta and what we actually saw during the tournament, uh, did you, like, what, since playing arenas, what kind of preconceptions have you had of the legends that you think would be best suited for the arena? Kind of, who who would you, at first glance, say, oh, I think they'll be really good? Um, I mean, there's a few legends who just stand out as being, they're going to be good, whatever happens. There's yeah, a few absolutely. that you're like, okay, they're probably not going to work so well. And they sort of, they sort of 
did fit into the categories like like Jibby. Yeah. Gibraltar's Gibraltar's just always going to be good with his bubble. Universally good, isn't he? Um yeah, and his arm shield, you know, him being able to take pot shot damage at you and you not be able to do as much damage to him, that's always going to be good. That was and and that did show. He was he was yeah. present a lot in these Well, teams. His, his bubble res is always going to be effective as well, isn't it? Yeah. Because obviously with arenas being so focused generally speaking on like pot damage from distance, if you've got someone that goes down quickly and Jibby's just stood right next to him, chuck that bubble down, get the res, and they're back in the game with a quick bat, you know, because there's plenty of cover. Exactly. And the same same comes when, when you talk about someone like um, some Bloodhound. Yeah. So just having Bloodhound scan, he was always going to be a popular choice. Um, that's It's just his scan that makes him, and his ult as well, that makes him popular in the, in the BR mode. So... Um, that really does carry over into the arena mode. Just just having a scan and knowing where people are just for a minute. I was going to say, especially when the game is so heavily dominated by supplies and currency, obviously every buy round is crucial to you getting the weapons that you need, right? And if you've got yeah. someone like Bloodhound that can, at the start of a round, or just kind of like five to ten seconds in, chuck a scan out to make sure that when you're pushing for those supplies, you're not going to get interrupted. Yeah, that's hugely important. Yeah. So, um... Yeah, definitely. Um, and then there's the heroes like my uh, the the hero I play the most or yeah. played the most last season, Watson. Um, <laughs> yeah, has potential. You know her 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 shield regen. That then she doesn't have to have, to have as many how meds. People discount maybe. her so quickly, don't they? Literally, as soon yeah. as you hear Watson, people are like, what what have you got to say? Obviously, she's not going to be meta. She's not going to be useful. But you can no. make use of these legends in arenas. You can make it's same. You can make use of any of the the, leg, the uh, legends. It's just that Watson's tricky to make work in arena, just because of the nature of the game. It's like yeah, of course. You want to get that pot shot damage, and then you want to push. And then you want oh, to um, be a bit more aggressive. Whereas if you kind of bunker up, you're you're at a standstill. Yes, you're doing damage, but eventually you're going to run out of meds as well. And then the team that pushes will probably most of the time at least win that kind of engagement right so exactly yeah um so they, they you know the, then there's the, the heroes that work the, the, sorry, legends that are really <laughs> okay. prevalent and then the legends that aren't so much but the the real surprise for me is the rise of pathfinder um, <laughs> yeah it, pathfinder's pathfinder's <laughs> always well, been yeah he? decent He's, you can always solo queue with him in in br um but the real thing about Pathfinder, it seems to be, is the fact that he's got such quick mobility. He can just throw himself across the map at the start and get yeah. those meds really early on. He can um, get up to the high grounds. He can get all around the map. Just, just is that, that, okay, we've got to the point where we've cracked their armor and we want to push straight away. Yeah. And Pathfinder is maybe the only legend that can actually do that um you've got obviously got octane with jump pads and speed yeah um but i was but, gonna say but... the the grapple obviously as it being his tactical ability whereas the jump pad is octane's ultimate right so there's going to be a cost discrepancy it's much cheaper for you to get the tactical in arenas for pathfinder which instantly obviously doesn't support the team so much but individually allows him like you say to get that high ground to move over and we saw that quite drastically in this tournament didn't we yeah exactly he just he was picked on i think every every game we went to every um yeah so i've actually got kind every, of a... every video we went to we, we we found they were using him didn't we yeah well i've actually got a little breakdown that i did myself because that like i was intrigued because obviously during the tournament when i was watching it i was going back and forth between different streamers because i was like oh it'll be really interesting to see 
kind of as a team coordinated who they kind of opt for as legends and um so from what i've seen and this also correlates with the teams that won so uh imperial's hal hal's team they actually won on both days so that consisted of hal uh girl and daltouche all prevalent streamers as well and content creators if you want to check them out um so their team actually had 24 arenas wins in four hours and the legends that they used and ironically, as we've just mentioned it, were Pathfinder, Bloodhound, and Jibby. Now, the second place team, the Coco Puffs team, which was Nakoko, Lulu, and Zednim, they also had Pathfinder, they also had Bloodhound, but the interchange was actually from Jibby to Lifeline. And then the third team, Lex Violet, who had 20 arenas wins, uh, had Lifeline, Bloodhound, and Pathfinder. So Bloodhound and Pathfinder, every single team that did really well and i'd imagine across the other teams also that in the top 20 they were probably pretty consistent too and then you tend to see lifeline and jibby kind of interchanged which there in itself is obvious clear meta right yeah and you see you see that interchange because uh, jibby and lifeline they sort of fulfill the same role in the team right you've got the, the bubble res or lifelines res yeah um and they're, they're the more the more passive um of the yeah, legends they're the they're ones the one that you want to stay back right? i was gonna say they'll perhaps sit back do that pot damage maybe use a little bit more ranged weapons like the g7 scout or kind of some of the snipers the bows and then obviously if they see that their teammate is in danger gb has the opportunity then to push up uh, and also lifeline has the opportunity just to jump in with a quick res for someone um we'll talk about more about lifeline and the changes to this season as well a bit further on uh topic four that'll be so obviously I don't want to yeah. kind of cross boundaries with both. Um, but yeah, so um, in terms of the meta, like, would you say that they're going to be consistently good, those legends, across all of the maps? Or do you think that's just going to be strictly, you know, certain maps? I think they'll be good on on pretty much all maps. Yeah. Maybe Pathfinder will not be as good in other maps maybe but i mean oh, you mean just... the ones that we haven't seen in rotation yet the ones we sorry haven't seen yeah yet. you might be yeah. right absolutely but i mean he's still got he's always gonna have that ability to push really fast when yeah. he's cracked somebody yeah so if you've got that like that maybe he then he will just always be good in arenas well something obviously this is not from lulu's throwdown tournament but i've just been recently watching timmy who is like a very Oh, he's growing exponentially fast on Twitch as an Apex streamer. And he does all these cool challenges. And then the one I've recently watched him do is he's trying to go for a 100 streak in arenas uh, wins. And he was playing Pathfinder. And at the start of every single round, he consistently would grapple onto like the, the big, I don't know what you call it, like not pole, uh, pillar, pillar. So he'd grapple onto that and he'd basically do a couple of like little bunny hops and he'd, he'd be right at the supplies and he'd grab them without like, any threat to himself without anyone like shooting from distance or anything so so that's... yeah that's the thing it, that he's he's also the the legend you choose to play um but if you're playing solo queue that's yeah. you know he, he yes he fits into that team because of that reason but he also you pick him because of the way he can he can move around as in a, as a solo queue in a solo queue environment absolutely and that's what he was doing obviously he was queuing up with randoms um so why do you think perhaps that octane has not been why why because obviously you look at the meta for the br and like octane even after his nerfs 
has still shown that he's a, a strong legend within the meta just because of his jump pad and being able to avoid third parties. Do you think with arenas, there's there's something? Because I think we touched upon something. I'll, I'll, see, I'll see if you remember what we said, we think, compared to Pathfinder. It's... Well, one, you have to spend currency on the, on the jump pad, right? Yeah, so that's, that's one of that's, them for sure. That's a deal. Um, also, it's not he, he, can run, he can run fast, right? But like, yeah. what does that achieve in arenas? And what does you know, he you lack? Can't, you don't, you don't yeah. have far to run, you know? You, um, I think the verticality you, yeah, but, was the, the thing. You, you mentioned that to yeah. me, actually, because after we'd watched yeah, yeah, yeah. it, we discussed it, and you were like, oh, you look at Pathfinder, and he can grapple low, he can grapple higher... Obviously, he can use his zipline as well if he wants to transport his team to the high ground. Uh, whereas Octane doesn't have that verticality. Even though, yes, he can kind of run fast, like he still has to climb over objects to get to those supplies. Whereas Pathfinder's just instantaneously over it, isn't he? So, yeah. So I think yeah. that's the big change. But it was cool to watch, though. I really enjoyed it. I think from a community perspective, it's nice to see somebody kind of take the bull by the horns and give this new game mode that's kind of been discounted and kind of people are mentioning, oh, it's, I don't really want to play it unless it's against other high-skilled players and said, do you know what? We'll get a bunch of content creators, different skill levels, try and balance the teams as best as we can and just throw them all in and see what they think of this game mode. And then you noticed, what would you say was the takeaway at the end of games? Like, what did you see compared to the BR perhaps? And this is not yeah. to kind of like poop all over the br because i still really enjoy that too it's just it, it was there was such like there was excitement for arenas but there was also a lot of yeah. um high level players just sort of discounting it before it was even a thing yeah um saying sort of just start putting it aside as like this side game mode you might play to warm up whereas when you saw them playing it in this competitive environment you'd see how much they actually really enjoyed playing it. Like They were getting they, they into were just... it, right? They were so immersed. You could see the tensions rising. You could see the kind of energy like pulsating through all the different players together through their comms. Yeah, and like, when you win at the end of a big BR game that's been really tough yeah. and you like, celebrate, that came through in quite a few of the arena wins as well. It Definitely, wasn't just like, okay, yeah. right, next one, next one. It was like, okay, this is this is a big deal. We won this game because it was a hard-fought thing. And even during the losses, like not for every team. Some teams are clearly there are players that are vastly more competitive than others. But you notice even in their losses, they were a little bit more gracious and they were like, this is what we can do better as a trio because it's not based on sometimes, obviously, in the BR, third parties will ruin everything. And then you're like, you want something to blame, but realistically, there's nothing to blame. It's just that you fought one team, you're low on health, another team comes in and wipes you out and it's just you go next, right? Whereas with the yeah. arenas, at least, like, if you lost, th there was fundamentally probably something that you've done wrong as a team. So you wouldn't individually blame people and you'd still see that they were happy and they wanted to improve upon the last round, right? Because it's progressive, which is nice. Yeah. Should we, um, should we also mention the, uh, the gun, the one gun that rules them all in arena? <laughs> the one gun that rules the entire arena in Apex Legends. And that is Kusti. The P2020. No, no. It's the, <laughs> the L Star. The L Star the is. Yeah. Don't bother buying anything. You know that's going to pop off. Yeah, yeah, the L Star. No, the, the L Star's come out of nowhere. And I, I mean, last. I don't know if I mentioned it last week, but that's one of the guns that I started using at the start of games quite a bit. Just yeah. because 
I, I did quite like it in the BR at the time. Yeah. And the, there's, you know, now you see in arenas quite a lot of the teams would be picking up the L Star um, as the as the first gun of the round, and even second yeah, gun of the round, and funny? even sometimes for the whole game, the whole you know every single round of the game. The thing I find hilarious about it as well is that you'd look go back to season eight when we play that, and like everyone would just talk down on the L Star. No one particularly, other than perhaps you mentioned the Cocoa Puffs really liking it. Uh, towards yeah. the end of the season but during like most of the season everyone would just walk over it nobody would j tend to pick it up just perhaps because it hasn't got maybe that range that you need whereas in arenas because obviously it doesn't require so many attachments like that gun is a force in itself like i loved the l star during br and like i've not actually really used it much during the arenas because i again it's weird how i've discounted it for arenas Yet you watch all the, like the really high skilled players, and they just religiously pick it up. That's their going go yeah. choice. Well, that's the thing you just you just you just touched upon there was the fact it it doesn't need attachments. It's yeah. a gun where it costs four hundred, I think, from the from the get go. Yeah, you you don't need to buy any attachments for it because it doesn't need an extended mag. Yeah. So the that's only the, the only attachment you, you really put on you. it. No, you, if you if you shoot at the right rate and 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 break, have a little break between each um, burst, right? You yeah, never it doesn't have to overcharge, reload. does it? It'll just keep going. So it's kind of so it's like okay, I'll spend four hundred of the currency on the gun and mm -hmm. have a battery in the first round. Yeah, and and then on the second round, you're like, oh, well, that actually really really worked. I might get that gun again and have loads of batteries and grenades and everything. It's, it's that's the thing, the, right? The thing about it is, is the fact it doesn't need attachments to be good. Yeah, whereas the R99, for example, a super powerful burst, that burst power that you get from the R99. It's a bit more end game, isn't it, the R99? Because you yeah, rely and, and on those it, attachments. The reason you won't buy it necessarily first round is because it will just it will just empty the mag so fast and you won't down the person. Whereas the L star, you've you've got the, the you've got the range. Yeah, it does actually have a decent amount of range on it. You yeah. know, you play it mid-range. Um and it's got that that damage close range as well. And it doesn't need attachments, and it's quite cheap. Like it just it just works in every single yeah, way. Yeah, sounds terrible to me. Like why would anyone take yeah. that? Um, as yeah. we're on this topic, I think this sequence is really nicely into our second topic anyway, which is the arena's first round buy. So basically, the go-to weapons that everybody pick in that first round, where you don't really have any currency, uh, you've got five hundred and fifty to spend, and like this can make or break kind of your game really because it'll dictate the tempo of the rest of the game so obviously we've touched upon the l star in that it has you know doesn't need attachment great range barely any reload time or not reload time like it's just how much you shoot and how much you leave gaps in between your shooting and then it does crazy damage as well so that's a great first choice for most people and i wonder whether we'll see nerfs for it i don't know but yeah that's the Maybe. question i think i think there might be a cost increase just because of the the, the fact you don't have to upgrade it at all, really, to, to make it better. Yeah, they'll probably just bump it up a tiny bit. Because I think, like, I don't think it's, like, OP, per se. It's just that because it's such a low price, like, it it makes for a like, no-brainer, really. It's just a clever choice. Yeah, well, if it was an OP gun, if it was actually an overpowered gun, then everyone would have been using it in BR. Which yeah, they, exactly. they have. Nobody really uses it. Nobody you know? so do, yeah, exactly. It just comes down, it does come down to the cost and the, the versatility of it, I think. Kind of find it interesting, really, like, because obviously, let me go over to, like, my breakdown, because I've, I've put the prices for all these different weapons uh, that people would choose. And 
in comparison, a gun that is very good in the BR, like the EVA 8, fantastic. You use that at close range, and you'll most of the time, if you can hit your shots, which is the same of every gun, will yep. do a lot of DPS in a very short space of time and be able to shoot consistently. So why don't we see that used more in arenas? And I think it's it's somewhat obvious. Um, you, you'll probably identify it pretty quickly, I'd imagine. Yeah, I mean, the thing is with Eva, it is actually really cheap. It's yeah. only 250 for so crazy. That I will, I'll actually find myself picking it up quite a lot just because of it's a good thing to have as a secondary as a, weapon. I was going to say, would you pick it up as a primary though, or do you no, pick it up in the later rounds as a yeah, yeah, exactly as a first round weapon? I no, just no, no, don't no. think it has. And like, sometimes, like, teams might be aggressive, and if your team are coordinated and aggressive, fantastic. But if you're playing yeah. with solos or maybe your duo queue playing with a random, the chances are that your team aren't going to be that cohesive. And because of that, the team will identify that you have an EVA 8, and they're going to sit back and think, well, we don't really need to push these guys. I've got my L-Star up on this building, or I've got my other, my alternator, my RE45. I'm just going to do a bit of pot damage from far, and there's not much they can do about that unless they pull out their P2020, right? Yeah, and then you run out of meds. That's the thing. That's the, yeah. the big thing is you, you run out of meds because you have to, you know, you know how they had <laughs> 550 to spend in the first round as well, you know? Of course, yeah. So, yeah, so it's for me, that's why I think the Eva 8 is not that powerful. So, um, no. my, uh, I'll talk about my weapon of choice. Uh, I, I tend to use this in, oh, we'll talk about the maps that we use them on as well. Uh, so I We're tend to, so we yeah. start off, start off with, with what your, your go to is. If, if it's not map dependent at all, what do, we, what do you generally go for as your So, first my go to for my first round seems every time, and this is a weapon that I would never really pick up in the BR, is the RE45. I don't know, there's something. It's really satisfying, I think, because it hardly has any recoil. Or it does, but the recoil is, the pattern is such a straight line that when you're up close, you can kind of kill, you can down somebody in a clip. Um, and then when you're at range, even, you can still do kind of the same amount of damage. But as long as you're controlling that recoil, it's kind of pretty consistent. So um, I tend to find it's great if you want to like push through the middle, if you want to kind of... If you're the player that hovers or lingers in that middle ground between the person that's on the high ground or the one that's going for the meds, right? So if yeah. you kind of hold, not like, don't hold all the way back, but if you hold that middle ground, I tend to get a lot of success with the RE45. Uh, and I've just found that, like, no matter which map I'm using it on, it, it works pretty well, yeah. I don't really have too many problems with it, so... Yeah, and also a good thing with that is you can afford things to go with it, right? And yeah. You, re you, you as a player really like getting a lot of meds i take meds grenades, i notice right? that i tend to i tend not to buy two weapons ever i only ever stick to the one weapon and i've actually the thing that's cool is i thought maybe i was going to be alone in this but i see a lot of streamers also doing that where they'll basically just get their one weapon and they'll get a lot of meds a couple of grenades just so it's a little bit more balanced i feel like i like to have meds just to stay topped up constantly which helps the team in the long run yeah definitely You've got a different um, uh, weapon. Yeah, so you? my yeah. my go-to first round buy seems to be um, thirty thirty repeater, mm. and then it's very unconventional. Upgrade, it, upgrade like it, it, upgrade it once to have the two times on it. Um, so the thirty. I'm not saying this check. is that yeah, is three fifty, isn't it? So with an upgrade, would that be like four fifty-ish? It's five fifty. It's, it's exactly. Oh, okay, cool. Um, and I'm I'm not saying this is the perfect round one buy for most people because the thing about it is 
I, I like playing first round quite, with quite a lot of range. I generally play a lot of Valk, try and get the high yeah. ground, or stay quite far back and um, just pot shot because it and because you've got that two times on it, you can see them from far away. Definitely, um, oh, you've got you two times on it as well, don't you? With the upgrade, exactly. hell yeah! And it means and it usually because it's first round, other people won't have two times. They might have gone yeah. something like at range. Maybe, maybe they'll be trying wingman. But you, which you can't upgrade first. I don't round. even upgrade my RE45. I just have it bare basic. So yeah, yeah, exactly. so that puts me at a disadvantage. So um, yeah, the reason I do that is for that pot shot damage and then to down people at range. So it works really well unless the other team decides, okay, we're going to play first round really aggressive. And you're not stacked. And, like if we're not no, all exactly. stacked, and say you're on the roof, and then they maybe hit you hard, and then they push that. That's when it's going to you know hindi it's rough right? and also yeah. sometimes there'll be like you and whoever our teammate is might go in quite close yeah um i might get some pot damage on the t- on the other team i was just about and to then say that you and the teammate will have a three sort of a 3v2ish but me with me at range yeah you both might go down i they might have two down oh, and then the other person that. rushes me yeah. for example um, this is where this is when it doesn't work. The other team will rush me then, maybe one of them, maybe two of them, and then I have a close range fight with a thirty thirty repeater. That is obviously where you not haven't ideal got that kind of. You've got the DPS and you hit the shots, but because it's so much time staggered between each shot, yeah, it's the time. Unless you can hit two crazy headshots, like yeah, your chance is a lot more slim, right? Yeah, but then if you if you've managed to get the good thing about it is if you've managed to get an early down from a long a distance away. Your two teammates can then push their two teammates. You can that push That was in. my point. I was going to say, with you 30, facilitate 30 the team, right? You facilitate yeah. us to be able to push in with the weapons that don't necessarily have range. Without somebody doing that, it would be much more difficult for me to have any kind of ground, to have any like nice positions that I can take, or any flank routes. So that helps massively, to be honest. Yeah. But it's okay. cool that we've got very differing kind of... like. For me, I wouldn't say I rush players, right? I, I think I'm no. a bit more strategic as well. But like, I I like to have that kind of that burst, consistent that to be able to consistently do like twelve damage here or there, or kind of just like flank around and then just one clip somebody quickly. So that that suits me. Whereas with you, to have that kind of position with like a nice scope to kind of headshot people and just like whittle them down is yeah, it's awesome as well. Perfect. Because yeah, um, you can get like you know you can get eighty eighty I think it's eighty one damage or something like that with a fully charged thirty thirty to the head. You know that's that's huge in the first it's round. Comparative to the bow at the moment, isn't it? We'll talk about that yeah, in a minute. Yeah. Um, yeah. So other weapons. Okay. So I've, I'll give you a couple of lists. Um, won't spend too much time. I the alternator is four hundred. I think for that one, I think the alternator is probably a better option than the R ninety nine, just for the sole yeah. reason that it doesn't really need too many attachments to be consistently decent damage it's got a bit of range whereas the r99 like we've said is great to one clip someone but if you haven't got those attachments it's like <laughs> you know whereas the alternator is yeah. a bit more <laughs> so i yep, think exactly. that's the comparison between those i think the vault is the vault is good it's a weird one for me like i'll always take that kind of second round if we've lost the first round where we don't where i don't quite have enough for an r301 um but as a first round weapon I don't think I would take it. I just think there are better options. It's a weird one. Like the the vault is like my go to in the BR, but I I yeah. stay clear of it in the in the arena. I can't I, explain exactly why. I, I just can't do it's well a enough with it. Mixture of there are weapons that do more DPS and have a faster fire rate, right? 
Whereas yeah. the vault kind of falls in between kind of, yeah, it's a bit ranged, but it's not fully ranged. So, and also it doesn't do crazy damage crazily quickly either. So I, I think that's potentially why. Um, yeah. First for, obviously we've talked a bit about shotguns, so I won't delve too much into them. Uh, obviously you've got the Peacekeeper and the Mastiff. I think both can be potential options, but again, the limitations of a shotgun will always be its range. So that's, as a first round buy, it can be okay depending on your team right yeah. uh then you've got the wingman now the wingman i actually think is i see it occasionally but i only tend to see it with confident teams against us and when you know someone has a wingman against you you're expecting them to come in and actually be very good right generally yeah. speaking um why, why do you reckon it is with the wingman what do you think about it that kind of people shy away you can the thing about it is you can get that damage at range and close up, right? Yeah. Uh, and someone can spray at you with a gun with, with yeah, I don't know, the, the L-Star or something, and you can pop out of cover for one second and do yeah. you know, 45 damage in one shot. So it's that instant damage that's really, really <laughs> that's good for the wingman. And meanwhile, the person with the L-Star can't see because they're just like... <laughs> yeah. all, all but, the... do, but the thing is, you have you have to hit the shots, right? That's the thing with yes. the, the wingman. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's ridiculous. Obviously, hit, they have the shots with any gun, but the wingman is... It just, it, There's something it, it about the wingman, isn't there? It's very satisfying to hit shots, but it's so difficult. Because I feel like if you're confident and you hit that first shot, you tend to go on and hit two or three shots, right? Whereas yeah. as soon as you start missing shots, the panic will literally eat you alive. Whereas with, yeah, a, with a weapon that's kind of like full auto, you can kind of just... You can, you can spray and pray, and you'll probably hit some shots along the way, right? So... Yeah, that's it's five hundred as well, so it's not super cheap. So obviously, you, yeah. you expect someone will only do that if they don't really care about meds or grenades because they know they're going to hit their shots. They know they're probably going to win rounds because they they have great aim. So yeah. Um, so we talked a lot about kind of so all of this is us pointing towards people using like pistols, shotguns, or SMGs to start off in the first round as their first round buys. You don't really see people using assault rifles. Um, LMGs or snipers. Flatline, some flatline, some times come through. True, true. Yeah, first line, flatline, because oh yeah, it, flatlines counted as a assault rifle. I always find that really strange in yeah. my brain. Yeah, it's because it's it's got, got quite weird. a lot. It bounces around quite a lot, right? So yeah, it seems like more of an SMG. Yeah, yeah it's got decent it damage. It's got decent iron sights. Um, yeah, it's it can, can work, well. but also you can't buy any attachments for it because it's five fifty. So yeah. Sort of, well, that's the, the thing, cons, yeah. I think most of the assault rifles and LMGs generally tend to, like, from this breakdown I've got, they all seem to cost a little bit more, other than the Havoc, which is 350 but The Havoc, I don't see any benefit of choosing that over the L-Star, when it's kind of like there's far more no. recoil without attachments, plus you've got the wind-up time, and yeah, I, I don't see why you'd ever choose that over the L-Star, to be honest. No. Um, What about snipers? Like, because obviously we've talked about maps like Party Crasher and Artillery, they seem geared towards kind of like short to mid range, right? A little bit more so. Whereas yeah. obviously, uh, Phase Runner is vast and it's very sparse and open. So, kind of the snipers, which do you reckon would be pretty? Successful I think the first there? first round, maybe having one sniper on the scene would would uh, be beneficial. Yes. I don't think if everyone went snipers, it could be a bit <laughs> yeah. dodgy. Um, but Martin, yeah, you can go um, missing shots for days. <laughs> you can go Sentinel. You can go Longbow. 
yeah. both a really uh, a good good first round buy for one one player. I use the longbow a lot because it starts off with a six times on it as well. So it's like you've got that range. Yeah. Then you tend to see people running towards the meds on the enemy team. So you kind of just wait for them to, you know, take that trajectory and you hit a couple of shots, break their armor in two shots. And then as well as that, sometimes sometimes you take the sniper because like it's a gamble, right? You either win that first round with it and it's fantastic, or you lose it, but you get all the supplies. So it doesn't really matter too much. I yeah, think pretty much. Exactly. Uh, other snipers, they're also expensive. Like the charge rifle, I think can be extremely good. But I don't know, I wouldn't go for that. For 700, again, I think there are other options, right? You've got the bow oh, check yeah. bow for 600. And that, like, obviously, with it being silent, you can kind of be a bit more. You can flank a little bit more, whereas the charge rifle is it's bloody noisy. Obviously, <laughs> so, you can't afford them in the first round, so... For the first round as well, yeah, yeah. yeah. It kind of negates that whole thing as well. Uh, the one that you can afford and is very affordable and is probably a weapon that I don't really... Well, I, I hate it. I tell this every time. I'm probably going to take that to my grave, that I hate the G7 Scout. Nevertheless, I do think it's a, like, it's a great option for a first round buy. Um, yeah because it's i've had i've had yeah. i've had rounds with the g7 where i just i i can i want one v3 the teams but <laughs> yeah it's i still i'd still take 30 30 over it just because yeah. of the, the damage that it can do as well because the 30 30 tends to have less drop off as well i think the g7 yeah. has a lot of drop off and it kind of the thing i've always struggled with g7 is that i never know whether it's a long range weapon a mid-range weapon short range right kind of mm, i don't yeah. ever feel comfortable in any of those scenarios with it was with a longbow i know i can sit back and then i get good shots with it i i don't know it's it's a weird like like hence why they've switched it from a sniper to a marksman right because it, yeah. it fulfills that role a lot better but yeah it's, it's basically like a spruced up p2020 isn't it you take that and yeah. then you'd have the mozambique just to back you up if you need so um, we've not I've not really talked about the Mozambique P twenty twenty, but you don't buy those, so I'd like everyone's gonna have those, whatever, regardless, right? And I think both yeah. of them are actually really good options. Like if you decided you didn't want to buy anything, you want to save your money and be a little bit more tactical, people can win rounds with just the Mozambique. It's not a weapon. It's not something to be it's like. Decent. No, it's decent. It's actually yeah. pretty decent this season. <laughs> you know what? The Mozambique's fun to use this season, isn't yeah. it? You do like forty five yeah. in one hit. But now you've got, what is it, six shots? So you're just yeah. kind of like, you're able to like, yeah, you, you're able to like ruin someone's armor super quick with it and then switch over or whatever. Um, okay, yeah, I think that's pretty good breakdown. So that gives you like some general idea of what weapons are powerful, which ones kind of are usable, but maybe not necessarily meta. Um, but we will say, if you had to break down this and say which of the first round buys would you say are perhaps meta, what would you go for? At the moment, it's just L-Star seems to just be dominant. It's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just the first round buy. I'd like to say um, there that, are others. That and, that and Wingman, I think. Yeah. Um, generally, you might have like one Wingman on a team, two L-Stars, that might work. Um, I think for the casual player, you might go for the RE45 as well, just because it is so cheap. Yeah, I see a lot yeah. of people yeah. using it as well. Uh, but like you say, I think if you're looking for more skilled players, they're going to use the L-Star or the Wingman, first yeah, round definitely. at least. Um, so yeah, okay, cool. We'll jump in. Uh, I'm guessing you've got nothing more to touch on there. Nope, I think we covered good. that pretty nicely, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. So our next topic, so we obviously had a big in-depth discussion about both the bow check bow, 
well, mostly just about the Bocek bow. Um, but also the Spitfire is getting nerfed. Oh, it's, it's been nerfed at this point. Both of them have yeah. been nerfed. And it was pretty quick as well. So from the last podcast, which was around a week ago from today, uh, where we talked about kind of our reservations and the things we were not really enjoying about the Bocek, such as its kind of crazily fast fire rate, uh, it being the silent Kraber, obviously outputting a ton of damage to the body, and obviously that multiplier affecting the headshots massively. Uh, and then we talked about some fixes that we thought could help by like putting it as a care package weapon, but that might ruin the enjoyment of it being a new weapon. Um, so they've actually come out and dropped a pretty hefty nerf to the Bocek. So I'll mention a few things first, and then we'll talk about kind of our experience of it beforehand and since they've nerfed it. So obviously the Bocek body shot damage has been reduced from 70 down to 60. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, yeah, every 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 nerf that I could I could want I, I wanted <laughs> we mentioned to it we I talked was, about was, this didn't we well I was I was getting ready to come to this week and be like okay last week I thought the the uh, bow was a bit annoying to play against but yeah. uh, now it's becoming completely overwhelming to play right? against yeah it was getting to the um, point especially with BR being as hard as it was already and then the arenas for the it thing. to ruin that experience as well well yeah arenas just come out and it came out the same time as arenas and it got to the point where as soon as the second round hit, you would be it would <laughs> be three would be bows yeah. hitting you, and it was just totally um, yeah overwhelming. You'd hear actually. that. You'd hear that. Yeah, you'd hear that sound. And then you'd be like, oh, here we go. Here we go again. Someone's using the bow, and then you can't play your game. Then you have to just like sit back and hide behind something until they've shot a few shots and step back out of in and out of cover, right? Um, yeah, so, yeah, so I'm so, so glad these nerfs came through. Yeah, so 60 damage instead of 60 instead of 70, 70 which is yeah. 10 damage less per body shot. And that obviously affects the headshot multiplier as well. As far as I don't quite yeah. understand how it works, but I, I think something along those lines. Yeah. So, um, so obviously with the headshots before you do 123 damage, which is essentially close enough to like, if you've only got white armor, you're, you're more or less downing them. One other little tap from someone else, you're going to kill that person. Uh, so for them to knock that down, I'd imagine the headshot multiplier is only around maybe 100-ish now, which is still high. It's still, you know, but but it's what you expect from a bow, right? Bows aren't yeah. weak weapons. You still have to have good aim. You still have to be a little bit tactical with how you use them. But I'll talk about a couple of the other things. So stack size has been decreased from 16 to 14. So when you pick up a bundle of arrows off the ground, uh, you're only picking up 14 now, which I think is not, it's not a huge nerf, is it? But it's again stop limits people. No, it's nothing, from... nothing for arena. But I, I, yeah. I found trouble in, in BR playing it Finding because of arrows, just the lack of yeah. The, yeah, lack of the ammo. Well, and not only that, but the inventory slot count has been decreased from forty-eight. So you could hold forty-eight in one slot in your inventory. So you could stack and have forty-eight in one, another forty-eight in another, and have up to like hundred and whatever, right? But now that's down yeah. from 48 to 28. So they've 20, you can carry 20 less arrows in a stack. So that's more, more almost halved, right? That's crazy. Yeah. So um, that's why we don't really tend to find many arrows anymore. And when, when you do find them, you can't really stack that many. So it's, you have to be a little bit thought, more thoughtful with how you choose to take your shots, right? Not so yeah. much in arenas, and, like you say, definitely. And then they nerfed the, um, the drawback time as well, didn't they? Uh, yeah, so they've nerfed. So basically the charge up time and the Deadeye's Tempo hop up charge time have been increased by 0.2 seconds. So it takes more time to basically charge up your arrows. 
vents. You can't just like yeah. like people would just have so many arrows in their inventory and they'd just be there spamming them for days. And it's like you couldn't even peek out and take a shot back because they'd still be there and it's quicker than any other weapon, right? So yeah. any and sniper. I think in, ter in terms of arena now, um, yeah. the nerfs have done I, a good yeah. job, but I also think the mm -hmm. bow's still good. The bow um, is still good, yeah. People still pick it up. But it's not. I don't mind a, a gun being really good, but when a gun becomes so good that um, a team always picks it, that's yes. the problem. I mean, I mean, I wouldn't mind if the bow was exactly how it was, but hardly any people picked it. Obviously, people got to pick it if it's <laughs> yeah. good. But if that people was the always. case, then it'd be like, oh, that's the, you know, you come to, come up against it sometimes, and it feels good, fine. But it's the fact that when a gun is really, really good, everyone's going to pick everyone it. will gravitate towards it. Not only just because obviously they think it's powerful, but they also see the professional players. Obviously, if they want to get ahead of their competition and gain RP and become number one predator in the world or whatever, of course, it's only natural that those streamers are going to pick up this crazy new weapon, right? Which is fair. Yeah. Um, so talking to crazy weapons. So obviously we've talked about the bow check pretty much. Uh, I think we covered that pretty well. Yep. So so we think it's in a good place, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's in a good place. I think it's fair now. Um, I mean, they could tweak it a little bit more over time. I'm sure they will. But like as a, you know, they spent, they literally took like three or four days and they, they decided to drop this nerf and they dropped it that night as well, right? So as soon as they announced yeah. it, they dropped it. Fantastic. Like, literally, no one can complain then. Because you yeah, look at other job. games and a weapon won't get nerfed for months. So, or until the yeah. end of a season. So, yeah, kudos again to Respawn uh, for that one. Uh, so the next one, obviously, is the Spitfire. Um, the Spitfire has been very powerful um, in BR all through Season 8. So last season, I think they knocked it up from 19 damage to 20 damage. Before then, it was still a very usable gun, but maybe you wouldn't hear so of so many people using it that all that often. Um, or if they did, no one would really complain too much. Uh, but I think they also, um, last season or a couple of seasons back, whenever they did, they buffed the extended mag size or something along those lines. Mm -hmm. So obviously, whenever you hear of the Spitfire, is there a noise that comes to your head? <laughs> Yeah, it's just that constant. You see Shiv do it, like whenever he's in his stream. As soon as he yeah. hears a a Spitfire, you'll see him turn his head and he'll be like, it's like it's bit overbearing, isn't it? Um, so what the funny thing is, yeah, go for it. It's it's a despite the nerfing it, which they have done. Yeah, still wasn't and still isn't a real problem in arenas. Yeah, it's not. I don't really see too many people use it because it's funny. Because uh, again, I'll mention Timmy. He was using the L Star, right? And he had like a game where he lost his streak. And I think he was a bit dejected after that. So he's like, do you know what? I'm going to mix it up. And he, he went to switch weapons. And he was like, oh, I'll try the Spitfire this round. He took it and he was like, oh my God, this gun is brilliant, you know? But like, yeah. it's funny how the perception has changed now that it's been nerfed. So the nerf yeah. is actually only one damage less. So it's from 19 to 18. So it's not substantial. They basically knocked it back to more or less where it was in its yeah. like original state, which is perhaps enough to kind of still make it viable, but not for people to have that idea of, oh, everyone must use this weapon, which is yeah. exactly what you want. I think, right? it's, I think it's probably even really good in Arena. It's just, I think it Definitely. just... There's, there's other weapons that seem to work better than it in I arenas. Think the, I think my big problem with it is, and it's a problem that we have with the Hemlock, which we talk about a lot, is that if you don't upgrade the gun a little bit, it has the worst iron sights possible, yeah, right? You cannot see. It's like threading a pin through a needle. Like, that. that's how... A pin through a needle? 
Threading a needle through a... What the hell? I don't know what I'm saying. You know what I mean, though, Thread. generally. Thread through a needle, not a pin through a needle. <laughs> okay, but yeah, so that's what it looks like when you look... That's how bad that stupid hindsight is. It gets yeah. my words all flustered. Um, but I think the bigger nerf, and the one that's actually going to make a huge difference, is that both gold and purple mags hold 50 bullets instead of 55. So yeah. people can't just put a whole clip or like five clips equivalent of any other weapon into a person and still be shooting, you know? So at yeah. least it's going to it's gonna nerf that a bit. So it actually, if someone does miss some shots, then they'll run out of their clip before perhaps they kill someone, which is the hope, yeah. at least. Uh, so yeah, I think, I think it's nice that they've done these nerfs. I think that's going to change the game and it's going to keep... It's going to keep both the BR and obviously the arenas a little bit more fresh and kind of user-friendly for people that don't want to just get destroyed by bows and spitfires every single round. So, GG's. Yep. GG's. Uh, so, on to the next topic. Whoops, sorry, I'm turning pages, making a lot of noise. <laughs> the next topic is one that actually surprised me a lot, and it's Lifeline's changes. So, obviously, Lifeline got a nerf for Season 9, or at least that was the perception of the people before they dropped these nerfs. So I'll obviously mention a couple of things and where I think she stands right now in the meta for both arenas and for BR. Uh, but I'll, I'll just quickly talk about... So the combat revive. Uh, so she no longer has her shield. So this was hugely contentious. She used to have the res shield. So as soon as she went to res someone, big green shield comes up. And the only way that you can kind of challenge that is to push through it doesn't exist anymore gone scaramouche um she can revive two uh, teammates at once now instead uh, and she can also this is a thing i didn't know she can cancel revives yeah I, like that for me when i looked today i was like oh i didn't know she could cancel her revives and that's something yeah. kind of so i i was mentioning we we played a game the other day uh, of br and we were playing in ranked and we wiped this one squad and we were doing really good then all of a sudden this caustic up on the one of the buildings in skyhook world's edge was there with i can't remember if it was a bow or a sniper whatever weapon he was using but he was basically pot shotting us and he downed both of us oh uh, he downed me first and i went down and i had my knockdown shield out in front of me and i was crawling back and i was about to get in cover then suddenly boom our lifeline on our team jumps in and puts the res down see You'd think, oh, great, it's great. You you liked a, team, a teammate, especially when they're lifeline, to be productive and to be on, you know, forward thinking and go for the res. It's nice. But in that situation of not having the res shield there, it wasn't a great choice because that meant that the core stick was able to pot shot me and finish me. Um, whereas yep. actually, if that uh, lifeline had recognized that in advance, perhaps they wouldn't have resed me in the first place. Or even if they'd have noticed that maybe two, five seconds afterwards, they could have cancelled that res and probably saved me, right? I could then carried on using my knockdown and got into cover. But alas, we end up getting wiped because of that. Yep. So, um... um I think yeah. that when it comes to the lifeline changes, um, we were thinking why... Everyone was wondering why they were changing her because she wasn't... It wasn't like she was in the meta, uh, really. Mm. Um, she, she wasn't really competitive. She's played quite a lot. But I think... when What I think the reason they did it was was because of arenas. I think they probably, they were testing yeah. arenas out. They were testing Lifeline out and they were like, she is just way too <laughs> good at arenas. Can you imagine? Yeah, because they've nerfed, they've nerfed her. They've taken away a massive shield that comes up when she's automatically resing people and fighting you at the same time. Now, that was decent in uh, BR, but it was probably really, really overwhelming when you, yeah. when you had it in, um, in arenas. So that's probably why the nerf came through in the first place. 
Um, because now you see arenas and you see the competitive scene, well, sort yeah. of competitive scene. You see, actually, Lifeline is being picked yeah. as one of the main the main uh, legends. So that's probably why the nerf came through. But then they were thinking, okay, so we're nerfing her. We have to give her some sort of buff. So then they they buffed it so that you definitely got an upgrade from her care ultimate. package. Yeah, yeah, from her care package. So everyone thought, okay, she's being nerfed in pretty much every single way uh, by taking away that shield. Because that's her main Well, they were saying thing. that's her USP, right? They're saying that's her unique yeah. selling point. And every legend has it. You look like Octane, it stims his unique selling point. Bloodhound, the scan. Imagine you take away those things from those legends, they lose their identity, right? And that's what people had this preconception or they assumed would happen to Lifeline by taking away her res shield. Yeah, and it's funny because the, the buff that actually came through for her um, care package actually not as big a buff as you thought it was, Underwhelming, right? So I'll tell you what it does. So obviously you mentioned uh, that it gives you a guaranteed upgrade. Uh, where have I put this? I think I've popped it somewhere down over here. Oh yeah, so um, the cooldown is reduced from f six minutes to five minutes. That's great. So obviously you can use it every five minutes now. But like, yeah, you don't really care too much because you don't... Every five minutes you're not thinking, oh, I'm going to put this down, I'm going to do this, right? It's more of a in the moment you use the care package. Uh, and it guarantees an upgrade if possible. There's the little keywords, if possible, in three categories. One being body shield, number two being other equipment, such as helmets, backpacks, and knockdown shields, and then the third being weapon attachments. And it says again at the end, here's the little catch, based on your teammates, current, or based on your team, sorry, current yeah. gear when the package arrives. So... Again, like well, it used to be, yeah. yeah, it used to be. You'd call that package in, and you you would always get something pretty decent. Yeah. Now you can call that package in, and you can get two blue knockdown shields in it. You right? could, yeah, you could literally get say say your teammates only have white knockdown shields. Yeah, then you're getting a blue that, but that's deemed an upgrade, right? In in I mean, it, it is, is an upgrade, technically. But, but is it the upgrade but, that you want? When I hear and those is it words, the, is it an upgrade from the old care package that you would have got before the buff? Yeah, right. I don't think it the is. The only thing that potentially is is the armor that one person gets, right? So maybe that body yeah. shield. I'd say that potentially is. But then, if like like I say, like you want as an upgrade, when you hear those words, you're thinking, "Oh, upgraded care packages. What does that mean? Oh, that means you're probably going to get a brilliant armor. You're going to get a great helmet. You're going to get a gold knockdown shield. You're going to get an anvil receiver or like, you know, something like a turbocharger for your devotion or your havoc. Whereas actually in reality, you're going from getting a white, a white extended light mag to a blue one. And you're like, yeah, yeah, that barely makes any difference in the grand scheme of things, does it? That's not really going to... And only one person gets that. The whole team don't get it. So, no. plus you're there. And also, like she, had, she had and... one. She had one other buff, didn't she? Yeah. Her other buff, which is sort of a weird one. Her I love it. Health drone is it heals far more yeah. quickly, right? So it does. Um, it used to do five HP per second. It now heals eight HP per second. Uh, and yeah. also, the de deploy time before healing uh, begins is reduced by thirty three percent. So obviously. Yeah deploys quicker and starts healing quicker some i think that's what so we've happens. actually we've actually seen this prevalent a couple of times in the arena so far and i think yeah. it's going to become like one of the big things that lifelines do oh my in god arena, it's scary where sometimes. you throw down you throw down your um your little healy drone and then you start you, you have your 1v1 against somebody and the thing about that is 
your health's going up the whole time you're fighting. So I've I've had it a few times, and you've had it a few times, where you're in this <laughs> one, you want against somebody. Yeah, and you're against this lifeline, you're constantly shooting her, and even though you've got her to what you deem as one, one HP. HP, you know, one she's, HP. One, she's one, she's yeah, one, she's one, she's cracked, she's one. And you can you can't ever finish her off, <laughs> and that gives <laughs> her the, the advance. Yeah, really that fast. basically determines that fight because say you're both level playing field in terms of your gun skill, right? She, like me, if I'm playing, I don't know Mirage. Yes, I can send out a decoy which will bamboozle her for maybe a split second, right? Which can give me a bit of an advantage. But then she's getting eight HP back every, you know, every second. So then you're, you're getting her lower and lower, but she's then suddenly, you know, that health is kind of on the rise again. So um, it's, it's really powerful. But not only that, you couple that with the fact she can revive two of her teammates while yeah, she's got that healer. She's resing them. Someone's trying to finish the person that's res, or one of the people that's resed. The other one gets up because you can't focus everyone. And then all of a sudden, Lifeline's full health. And then so's this other person getting back up. And in arenas... She tends to buy the gold pack pack, and I noticed this yeah. last night as well. And yeah, I'll let you say. Yeah, two two hundred and fifty cost for that gold yeah. gold backpack, which obviously when you res somebody, you res them with half their shields and half their health, which is just huge in arena because yeah. sometimes you don't have any meds left, and suddenly you've got, you could you could die with no meds and be resed, and suddenly you've got two of your two of your <laughs> um, shields back if you have yeah. purple armor. So that's pretty huge. Um, I think you've just got to, when you're fighting her and she puts a drone down, you've really got to push her because mm-hmm. if you can push her off yeah. her drone, you're getting the heals from the drone now. You get and the she's heals not. as well, yeah. I, I think <laughs> so she's... that's where it sort of play. I think it's funny. She's gone from being like this character doesn't really have that much maneuverability. She didn't really, other than the shield, she wasn't really that effective as a team player, I wouldn't have said, because no one really used her heals. Everyone would just heal up with syringes or shields, right? Yeah. Um, whereas now she's kind of like the main focus of your fire. Like for me, whenever I go into an arenas game and I see there's a lifeline, I say it at the start of multiple rounds. I'm like, we really need to focus her because I had a situation as well where I downed a jibby, uh, on party crashes. And I was like, right, I can hear her start rezzing. I was like, oh, I go push this. And then when I get up there, I luckily I down her. Uh, and then the jibby, I was like, oh, he's going to be one HP. I'm going to down him. But no, the gold backpack came into play. And I had to really work to kill him again. So I, I yeah. think she's very powerful, very, very good. But the, at the good moment. thing is now she's got a bit of depth to playing her. She's not just a res shield. She, she's got to think about when she does the reses yes. because of that that delay that when she's actually when she's putting some res <laughs> down. She uh, she's actually got you know if you just run into a fight and you click res that you you as the lifeline are going to die because you are sort yeah. of locked in the little animation of putting it down. So she's got a lot of depth to play in now, which is really nice. Well, like I was saying, like, obviously with her not being a res shield, like, the thing is, sometimes she can be more of a detriment if she does res, because it stops people from being able to waste the enemy's team with the knockdown shield, right? It basically makes them a sitting duck, the person that's down on the floor getting resed. So, but yeah. then if you can pull those two reses off, you can go from a 1v3 to a 3v3 again, which could be, can create some of the most clutch, like, amazing moments for a lifeline main, right? Yeah, so, um, exactly. Would you say, based on the perceptions, obviously, the ones beforehand and now, would you call this a nerf, as everyone would tended to say, or would you say it's a buff? Where do you think? It's a really good question. I think... It, I, would, I would cop out and I'll say it was a change. Sitting on the because, fence. Boo! Yeah, because... Well, okay, yeah. do I think she's... Well, if you ask me, do, I, do you think she's better now or do you think yeah. she's worse now? 
She's different. Yeah, I think she's, she's, di- different. she's different. But I'm going to go slight nerf. Okay, maybe? okay. I'd have said slight buff. Um, so, do you, only... so what you're saying, let me question that then. Yeah, do you think that if you were playing against Clap, the, the <laughs> old lifeline in arena, that would be a oh. more difficult thing or an, uh, or an easier thing to do? Do you think it'd be easier to go against the lifeline with the res shield? Or do you think it'd be easier to play against the lifeline without the red shield, but with the multiple res and that sort of thing? <laughs> that's tough. That is tough. It's tough. It's tough. Ah, God, that's so tough. I genuinely think that the red shield was very powerful. However, if you're a skilled player and that lifeline you're against, it depends on the skill of the lifeline in that situation. If that yeah. lifeline plays the shield very well, like a Jibby would, in the same vein as if Jibby doesn't use his shield well, if he doesn't stick with his shield, you'll probably win that 1v1. Whereas if Lifeline kind of sits behind the shield, that allows you to push through and then you'll probably kill both of them, right? If you are yeah. if you have a bit of nous. Whereas with the new changes, I think being able to res those two teammates and heal at the same time for a good heal as well, not just whatever, I'm chucking it down, it doesn't really do anything. Yeah. Uh, then I think... I think people will get very good with Lifeline now, whereas I think yeah, bad definitely. players kind of could seem good just because of the shield, right? Um, just because you click res, right? Yeah. I think maybe if we're talking about the the arenas, though, I'd say that maybe it is a nerf. I'd say it's a nerf. If so, we're talking yeah. about the BR, I think it's a buff. I think it's yeah, a buff. I think that's fair. That's fair. I'd, I'd agree with that one. Th- that's how I would go with it. Uh, other than the care package. I think the care package for arenas is maybe a buff because we've done a couple of challenges and it's fun, right? Yeah. Um, but but in BR, like, I don't know if it would be beneficial to bring down your care package because for one, it gives away your team's position. So it's not really going to help you. And secondly, the loot that you gain is not going to be as great because it's so much more random in the BR, isn't it? What your teammates have in comparison to yeah. you and stuff. You might have a white armor and the game might dictate, oh, that's an upgrade for you, so we'll give you a blue armor. Whereas your teammates already have purples or something, so it's not an upgrade for them. Whereas in arenas, everyone seems to like kind of level up at a similar rate, right? I think, most for the most part. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, that's a really good question, actually. I think the analogy that you made makes that a lot harder of a question than just on face value what you think, yeah, right? Exactly. On face value, I'd say buff. But based on what you said, I'd probably say for arenas, it's a nerf. Yeah, okay. that's good. Yeah, I like uh, that. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, on the whole, though, I think Lifeline is... I've been really... I've never, I've never ever wanted to play Lifeline in any of the seasons. She wouldn't suit my playstyle. I just never, yeah, gravitated towards her. But now with these changes, like, I really want to become a Lifeline main. There's something about her that's just, like, really intriguing me. And I, I just think it would suit the way I want to play a little bit more. Just being a bit more tactical and thoughtful. Uh, so, yeah, on the whole, I, I like it. We'll call it Lifeline Changes rather than changes, or Buff. Yeah. I think that's what I've called the topic. <laughs> that's literally the topic name. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, so, last topic then. Topic number five. Mamba we'll number a little, five. A, little, uh, a little sad note, shall we? I wish I could get... Shall we get imaginary violins out here? Yeah, little violins. <laughs> so, there's one problem we've been having with arenas. And... Uh, it's, make, it's making us really sad. <laughs> it's making me cry myself to sleep. And uh, it's it's down it's down to those women players again. The, the players the are just players of this apex community. The bloody players. That's, the problem. No, the main problem. The, the problem we're talking about is the people who leave 
after maybe the f- first round because it doesn't go very well. They charge and they die and they leave round one. Hold on, you've missed um, a bit. There's the bit in between before they leave where they go, where the hell are you? Why didn't you push with me? Why are you not sticking together with me? And it's like... Or just say, really? Yeah, really? <laughs> We've got a whole video on that where a guy literally got so mad and he just put, really? Even though he'd rushed in on his own and tried to 1v3 and died. Uh, but that's a topic um, for another day. Yeah, we don't really, we don't, I don't know if we have a solution to the people who leave in the first round. We just wanted to say it's really rough when you, you lose the first round, which quite often happens. Or you can might even lose the second round, which quite often happens and still win the game. But winning the game with only uh, two players on the team against the three, you might have a lifeline who can res them straight away anyway. It's just really, really frustrating. It's not like BR, is it, where when you play the br game mode obviously if you lose a teammate it sucks they go down but there's still the potential for you to probably go on and win that because other teams will have knocks and stuff as well other teams won't have that third player perhaps and if you play the end game really cleverly and you you know you manipulate the position that you're in you can wait for teams to like go into each other and you can third party that and still win a game whereas in the arenas it is hands down just a 3v3 and as soon as you lose that one person that's a whole angle. That's a whole portion of yeah. the map that somebody can flank you and hold a position on you, right? So and potentially, it's potentially th- a third of your damage just gone. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, you can't focus. So, yeah, you can't focus everyone, right? And the thing is, you're you're going to generally tend to try and focus all three players against you when you're two v three. Whereas when you're three v three, you can kind of allocate one player. Like if you're having a ranged battle with someone across the map, I can be like, well, I'll go for this guy then. But in a 2v3, you just can't do that. Like, you have yeah. to try focus everyone and I mean, change if they the didn't way you leave and they, were eight, and they just ran in without their guns, at least they're a bullet sponge, right? At least they're taking some of the damage away from you. Yeah. But when they leave, they're just not there anymore. It's just, Why do you think it does it? Do you think it's... Do you think that they have fragile egos? Do you think that it's... Because it's... Even though um, BR is competitive, like you can you can always blame something, right? You can always be like, oh, it's the it's the third parties or oh they were ratting or you know, oh my teammates suck. Whereas in the arenas, it's it's a truer test of skill. In to a to a degree. Yeah. I don't want to say that kind of but generally speaking, it is just a 3v3, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know why. There's no reason. I mean, it's just people. People get frustrated, right? And some people, they if they lose the first round, they get so so frustrated. They think they can't win, and they yeah. leave. Like, and whereas it, in, it's obviously not a very logical way of thinking about it because you should be thinking, okay, we've lost that first round. Let's find a way of winning improve. the next one. You'd want to try and improve, but it, yeah, some people just don't have that switch or that mindset to want yeah. to improve. They they would rather just kind of concede defeat and be like, oh, I'll go to the next game then. And if I don't win a round there next and keep doing that cycle and then that becomes part of their daily habits really doesn't it um let's just talk about before we kind of just slander the whole apex community or not the whole but the portion of people that we're assuming are just quitting because they want to quit and they're frustrated and they hate their teammates there are actually other reasons that this might be happening so for one we were watching the lulu throwdown tournament and something happened to lulu on the grand stage in front of thousands of players. She was mid-round. They'd won the first two rounds or something. And then they got to their third round. They lost that round. Instantaneously, without conscious thought, uh, she went into a menu. She pressed escape, went into her menu, and just went to leave game. Because when you play the BR, 
Like, a lot of the times, especially at the top-end levels, streamers just want to get out of that game. They don't want to see all the damage. They don't want to spectate the enemy teams. They want to get out and jump into the next one because otherwise it's going to negatively impact their viewership. Because the time in between games, especially in pred lobbies, where you have to queue for five to ten minutes, like, you know, they're going to lose tons, an exponential amount of viewers during that downtime, right? So... Yeah. For Lulu, like, she accidentally did this and she didn't even realize she'd done that. And I can imagine that a lot of the arenas players might be doing the same thing, right? Yeah, it's just a muscle memory thing. When you get, when yeah. you're used to, at the end of, every time you die in a BR, you, the game is over. Unless, yes. well, every time, you, every time your whole team's killed, right? Mm -hmm. So your natural, a lot of people's natural thing to do is press escape, leave game, yes, and then get on the next one. Well, in arenas, you're, she's thinking, okay, I need to get on, on with the next round, maybe. So she's like, escape. And then, okay, we'll get to the next round. Oh, no, we're back in the menu. Why am I back in the menu? <laughs> um, but we saw it. We didn't just see it with Lulu. We saw it with an... Um, Who else was it Girl it? or something? Somebody, somebody did it in oh, another, girl did in it another in game another as well. Or oh, somebody so did, yeah. Well, it ended up costing Lulu's team the entire tournament. Yeah, so, you think know, about they lost it, that because, game, which they would have won. So. Because Hal's team had 24 arenas wins. Uh, was it Nakoko's team that Lulu was also participating in? Uh, yeah. Only had 23 wins. And if they'd have won that game, there's, there's a chance, right? There's a chance, there's a chance but won, their last game, like you said, was against Hal's team. So yeah. that determined yeah. it. But maybe it would have been a draw if they had won that game sooner on. So yeah, you never that's, know. that's one thing, right? So that's so that gives a little bit of leeway. And I can I can understand that, like you say, with muscle memory, sometimes it's just outside of their boundaries. They've just made a mistake. So you can't judge everyone for it. But yeah. you also... It'd be nice have... if there was a way to rejoin. That would be the... I think that's, that's the way of fixing it. I was just about to work. ask that. Do they have a reconnect feature? I don't... Not with no, arenas, right? They do not with the BR, arena. don't they? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't always work. We've had experiences where you click the button and you're just like, no, nah, I'm not coming back in. And then other times you no. should instantly rejoin. You're like, whoa, I'm back. Uh, but with arenas, yeah, I have not seen no, that once, as a once you're yet. out with arenas, you're out. You can't get back in. There's no way. Even if you yeah. do see by accident or the internet goes off or something like that. There's no way. Sometimes as well, I think this this could also not be fixed, but I think because it's a casual mode, not a casual mode, I know people take it seriously, right, arenas, but it is yeah. the it's the equivalent of pubs, isn't it, uh, for the BR, yeah. in the, that it's not ranked, there's no ranking system. So maybe the lack of incentives for people, like obviously if they were playing yeah. ranked, they're going to feel more inclined to stick through because obviously they're going to get penalised otherwise. So there's no penalty to just quitting, is there? There's literally no, no. reason... And in BR, and I think that'll come. I think that I think yeah. it'll come. I think we'll get a competitive mode that maybe goes to like I don't know. You have to win seven rounds to win, and it's, yeah, uh, you know, it lasts yeah. a lot longer and it's a lot more competitive. Um, even though it's quite competitive now, it is, yeah. Um, but I think that that'll be the next sort of stage for it, and they'll add more things to it. It'll be really exciting. Definitely, because in the BR at the moment, like there there have been times where I've quit out of BR games, like when say if I've died and I'm playing with randoms, right? Where there's no yeah. real point, but that doesn't seem to impact the whole infrastructure of the game mode, does it? That only no. impacts on a small scale for your team, perhaps, um, yeah. because maybe they could arrest you. But like, that's a big maybe in itself, right? Because if you've yeah. gone down, the chances are the rest of your team—they're already at a disadvantage anyway, so they might go down themselves. Um, but there are potential fixes. Uh, oh, another thing before I mention that is perhaps widespread server outages. Because it's a new game mode, a lot more people are testing it. Maybe the servers haven't been optimized for this game mode. So people might be getting booted back out into the lobby because the server's crashing. And then we yeah, just assume okay. it's them quitting. So that's a, that's yeah. another small scale thing that could be happening. 
Um, but I saw a thread with like a lot of really cool potential fixes. So I'll talk about a couple. Uh, I'll, we'll see which one you perhaps think might be the best for it. Um, yeah. So one, a thing they do apparently in Rainbow Six Siege is in the unranked mode, as opposed to the ranked, uh, slots are filled in between rounds. So if someone quits, then in between the round during the buy phase, someone gets jumps in, right? Someone gets okay. put, put into the game. So that just yeah. immediately alleviates that problem, doesn't it? Because yeah, especially if you're not playing competitive, like, yeah, bring them in. We don't care who we play with as long in as there's a third player. Yeah, you might be a little bit like, oh, my teammates DC'd. I, I wanted them to come back in the game, right? Yeah. Or, or maybe you don't want a random who might come on the mic and say all kinds of crazy things. You want, yeah, it, yeah. You want a controlled environment, especially for a streamer. So I can appreciate that. Um, so the next one, but I think that's a cool, a pretty yeah, quick yeah. for unranked. Um, next one, in ranked, if one person leaves, uh, should the other two people then be uh, also be able to leave without any punishment? Uh, yeah, without any punishment. Um, yeah, I think that happens in what's that happening? Overwatch? The Overwatch where you, you it says a teammate has left you and, and you leave in the next time. Yeah, I think you leave in the next sixty seconds. You'll get punished, but after that, you can just leave. Yeah, you can just Something leave like that, without any punishment. But the only thing people said that this could could be an issue with this is there could be potential exploitation, whereby yeah. say you've lost the first two rounds, one of your teammates is like, "Oh, I'm going to quit the game," and then because of that the other two get a quit, and then they none of them they all get the um what do you call the forgiveness? Only the one yeah. will get punished, right? And then the other yeah. two will keep their uh, RP or whatever because obviously they get the loss forgiveness. So that could players might exploit that, right? So that could be an issue yeah. in itself. Uh, another one I thought of myself, nobody else mentioned. What is it in Overwatch, like the loyalty system or the commendation system? Oh, where you, uh, yeah, there's a commendation system where you can vote on who you think if, is a good player or a nice player or they were good on the yeah. comms, shot, good shot call. So maybe and that, that sort of could thing. somehow yeah. influence like the queue times or something. So if you're deemed somebody that is not, that quits games and is griefing, is a little bit toxic, then maybe their queue times are a lot longer. And to, to fix that, they, they would have to then try and bump that up, right? By being nicer players. Um, yeah. So that could, I, I don't know, like for me, I don't think that's the the solution. But I no, well, then you get the, the issue where if there's somebody who DCs by accident or has issues with just their tech get downvoted, or the internet and right? they're getting downvoted yeah. and then they don't get into games, it just makes then their it's whole just experience gonna, a lot worse. And people will stop playing arenas full stop then, right? That could yeah, kill a player exactly. base. So that's why I kind of just like loosely thought of that one. I thought it's like... It's an okay one. Um, yeah. Another one is to take away the leave game feature for the first few rounds. So what somebody suggests for this is that they can't go into the escape menu and quick uh, click leave game by accident. Um, if they And just go straight back to the menu, right? They can't, because that's the thing. They go straight back to yeah. the menu. They jump into another game. What they would have to do if they still want to do this, they'd have to alt F4 and go out of the whole game. And let's be honest, if their egos are fragile enough that they're willing to quit the game after one round... Let's be honest, they're not going to be too happy if they have to keep reloading the game up, right? They're going to be these people yeah, like, yeah. they're so impatient as it is. Yeah, that they're yeah, not yeah. willing to stick around. So I think that's a pretty good solution as well. Yeah. Um, and the last one, I don't know about this one. It's a weird one. So, so a person gets a 10-minute timer for the first leave. So if they leave, they then get a 10-minute timer before they, can re uh, before they can join another game. And then every time they, they leave early after that, they get an extra additional five minutes added on. So that then becomes 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 25. Um, so that would kind of like, that's a big punishment. 
Uh, but the re the timer will reset every time the daily challenges are released again. So it'd reset back to 10 minutes. I think that might maybe work better if you do like every time you leave a game, you have to wait two minutes to get into an another match, but that doesn't go up. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. then that doesn't that doesn't punish the people who leave by accident because it's only two minutes, right? But it punishes the people who leave on purpose because the reason they're, le they're leaving on purpose is because they're impatient and they want to win get to a game that they're going to win. Yeah. So if you're leaving a game and it's lots of those people, isn't it? exactly. So that that two minutes isn't too so bad against the people who have that that accidental leave or their internet goes off or something because they you know two minutes is two minutes but for the people who are really impatient that could be you know, really really annoying and it will yeah. stop them from leaving in the first place they need to find a way to like uh discriminate between those who genuinely purposely quit out of the game and those who do have like the accident i think the accident should be bracketed with people quitting because yes it's an accident but it is kind of intentional as well. It's subconsciously intentional, right? Yeah. It sucks, but you are basically... You're ru not ruining your teammates' experience, but you're making it more difficult for them. Yeah. Whereas if you genuinely get DC'd, I don't know, that's out of your control. So they need to work out. And the last one I saw, I actually really like this one. Um, I think I don't know, I think it could be really cool, uh, compared to the last one at least. So you get blocked from joining another game of arenas, not necessarily BR, just arenas, until yeah. the ongoing game that they've left finishes. So you have to basically wait out the timer for that game that you were just in to finish before you can join another one. I don't know. That's I, so I, cool. It sounds cool, yeah. doesn't it? I don't know. There's something they could do there, I yeah, reckon. Because then it's like you're still, you still have to wait for them to finish, so you might as well stay. <laughs> you might as well stick it out, right, and just play the game anyway, Yeah, rather than just quitting. But then that could lead to griefing, I guess. But then if somebody's going to grief, they're going to grief no matter what, aren't they? Yeah. That's just, you can't really control for that. Best you can do for that is report it and hope that somebody identifies their griefing and just bans them or times them out for a week or something. So, um, yeah, it's nice to know that people are already thinking of potential fixes for this. Uh, yeah. but I think the main thing is as soon as Ranked comes out, um, I think that'll at least maybe the people that are griefing and leaving early will just switch over to Ranked. So it won't be as yeah. big an issue then because they're obviously competitive and just want to win everything, right? Whereas maybe more casual players are just wanting to play for fun. They just play whatever rounds, and if they lose, they lose, right? That's yeah. how I see it. It's like, it sucks to lose, but it's like, because it's not ranked, it doesn't harm me in any way. It's just a, it's another avenue for me to try and improve and see what I did wrong in that game. Yeah. Or just to sort warm up. So, yeah. So, um, I actually really like that topic. That topic initially, I thought was going to be, not a dead topic, but I thought would be kind of one minute and we'd be done. We just briefly mention it and we'd skip over we actually kind of got into the yeah. into the depths of ways they can potentially fix it so um yeah that's all five of our topics uh so i will repeat for you uh firstly thank you very much kusti appreciate your input it's been fun yeah, as you, always um yeah. and then i will just mention again if you want to follow me on youtube uh it's above you can see it on youtube you're probably if you're watching it please feel free to comment uh, drop a follow and give this video a like uh, and we'll upload more of these Apex Arena podcasts. Uh, my handle, as you see up above, is Jordan Saisal. Uh, and then again, if you want to listen to this on Spotify, the link will be in the description down below. Uh, thank you all for watching. And we missed out on doing this last week. We really missed out and I kind of, I got sad afterwards because of it. But in in traditional fashion, because it seems to be something that the Apex community are latching onto. We are going to end this with our best sheesh kebabs. <laughs>
<laughs> so uh, do you want me to go first or do you want to go first? And then we'll we'll do one by one, then we'll do it in tandem, okay? And then we'll do uh we'll do that other guy's one where you <laughs> Okay, get ready. Three <laughs> Okay, uh what can I do? Uh... <laughs> okay, okay, that's it. We are out. Okay. Thank you very much for watching. We will catch you next week. Uh I forgot to mention schedules. If you want to watch this again, we will be uploading every week, providing we're both available. Um if not, it'll be a single-handed podcast. No, that that's never gonna happen. Uh so if you want to tune into more of this, stick around it was probably next Tuesday or whenever, in a week's time approximately, we'll do the same again. So thank you for watching. Peace. Bye bye. And what what's your thing that you always say about the arena? I'll see you in the arena. <laughs> that's the one. We'll see you in the <laughs> arena. Cheers, guys. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.